All right, I think we're li- I think we're live. We are live. Welcome to the Saratoga podcast. I miss I miss what you just said. What'd you say? I said the Saratoga podcast post-election edition. Post-election edition without our buddy Dan DeFederici, who is in Disney World. Who takes who takes a freaking trip to Disney on election week? That is come my on, question Dan. for you. That's come on, Dan. I mean, so- come on is right. Yeah. Get with it, buddy. Um, anyway, we have lots to talk about. And I know we're at kind of a funky time right now. Um, but with kids and the election madness, this is when we could get on and, and go through some of these results. So here we are. So do you want to start local, Adam? And let's start with um, our the city race that was a special election was between Anthony Sirocco Jr. and Jason Gala for yeah. the Department of Sorry, go ahead. For the Commissioner of Public Works. Public Works. And I was going to say, just to give people, most people watching the podcast probably know this, but um, uh, Skip Scirocco, who in 2021 was voted into that position, uh, unfortunately passed away. And so Jason Golub was appointed by the Democrats to fill his position as per the charter. Well, he, so so this- just, just to be clear, wasn't appointed by the Democrats. They, The Democratic City Council put together a committee of people who were not all Democrats to appoint him. Thank you. Thank, that's just yeah. a good Good, good clarification. Thank you. Um, but they they appointed Jason Golub, uh, who ran this race as a Democrat, um, to that position. So he was technically the incumbent, and he did pretty well. Yeah, he did. By the way, excuse the enormous Diet Coke. It's one of those days, Adam. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Jay- well. so first, we should probably start off by saying, in midterm or presidential election years, we have significantly higher voter turnout than we do on local election years. So for example, last year, the only elections that were happening were local city elections. We had about 8,800 people turn out. Um, for this midterm elections that we just had on Tuesday, 12,377 people turned out. So a significantly bigger number. Um, I think that Jason's Jason having the Democratic line is obviously a tremendous help. Um, I know as early voting was wrapping up, uh, about a thousand more Democrats had voted in early voting. Um, in the city of Saratoga, the Democrats still have a significant enrollment advantage. And so I think that certainly played to Jason's favor. Um, I, full disclosure, worked on his campaign, helped on his campaign. Um, I also think his, his, he's a real moderate Democrat. Um, he's someone I actually don't ever think of as partisan in any way, shape or form. Um, and I think that kind of his moderate position and what he's been able to get done in public works already helped him um, as well. But I, I will say it's hard for me to take any joy out of this victory as much as I'm thrilled for Jason, because, you know, my heart just still hurts for for Skip and it hurts for his family so much. And um, it's there was a Sirocco on the city council for a really long time. And, and I know that. I think about that all the time and, and really miss Skip and I'm constantly thinking of their family. So it was, it's a bittersweet moment for me at least personally. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, one thing when you talked about this, Robin, with the, with the turnout and, and I actually, you know, you know, methods this to, to uh, Anthony, but he actually got more votes than his father did. So. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's a little consolation in the fact that even though he didn't win, uh, you know, he, the, the turnout was so large, but he got more votes than, and his father did because of the turnout. So uh, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, his dad was one of the good guys. I, I got to know Anthony a little bit during the campaign. I liked him a lot. Uh, it, but but I like Jason a lot, too. Uh, and actually, I have to I have to clarify something that in our last podcast, Robin, that you missed. 
Um, the if you've been watching city councils, you know there's been a, a vocal group from Grand Ave who's been asking for sidewalks, and you know J- Jason was able to find a, a nearly a million dollars to to build sidewalks, and I thought that was coming out of the 2023 budget, which I questioned. Uh, Jason corrected me. That's actually it's and it's still a little hazy, but it's actually money that is going to be reimbursed by the state and uh, government. Um, so it's not money that's going to be coming out of Saratoga's budget. So that's. I don't- What's that? Adam, I'm laughing because so last week I was planning on being on the podcast, but about 10 minutes before we were about to live stream, I got a call that I had to pick up a sick sick kid from school, which is why I wasn't on the podcast. Next thing I know, I'm getting text messages that you two jabones are like, there's misinformation. You've gotten things wrong. People are upset. I'm like, you know, I walk away for one minute, Adam. One podcast. Right, right. And we're, and we're, we're misquoting him, but, but uh, regardless, actually, regardless, he he did, he's really kicked off that sci-fi program, getting the, you know, the, that not kicked off, but, but, you know, put the whip to the horse there that, that Michelle Madigan started to get the fiber in the roads. Um, he, he's, he's, you know, he's getting that pocket park done. He's, 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 he's done a lot for the city and he's been very progressive, not in his politics, but progressive in the way that he's, he, he, he's thinking outside the box a little bit and getting things done. And I think he'd be a good addition for the city. My hope is that, um, Anthony Sirocco or someone from the Sirocco family can still be involved in city politics. I mean, I know that's kind of, maybe they don't want to be, but, you know, I think about the infrastructure committee that is functioning now and how critical, you know, how incredibly um, valuable somebody like Anthony Sirocco Jr. would be on an infrastructure committee. I mean, he knows more about that than probably the entire committee put together. So I would love to see a way for him to continue to be involved in shaping the future of the city through City Hall. I don't know if that's possible, but I think that would be a really, a really nice thing. So the final results there were Jason Golub had 56% of the vote to Anthony Sirocco Jr.'s 44% of the vote. Um, Some of the other... The, the, hold on, I want to talk about this a little bit longer. Two things. One, there were six write-in votes. Do, you ever, <laughs> do we ever get to know who's on the right, who, they, who the names on the write-in votes? I mean, obviously, Adam, that's you, your wife, your kids, everybody's yeah. just writing in Adam Israel, I assume. Exactly, exactly. And then the second thing is, is you, you know, the, the, the previous... By the way, I think you do, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think you do get to see who the write-in people were once they have the final ballot, like once they have the final results certified by the county. I think you do get to see that. That's, that'd be interesting to see that. But, but, but th- that brings up a bigger question. And, you know, to give a little background to the politics in the city, um, uh, Robin, you were elected into office as a Republican. Uh, the only Republican after you was, was um, Skip Scirocco, who was, uh, you know, a, a long-term incumbent. Uh, and we're seeing this shift. Do you think that a Republican can get voted in Saratoga in the future? Or do you think our commissioner elections are going to come down to, you know, the, the Democratic primaries? Do you see, do you see a path That's forward? A really good question. So um, I was the only Republican elected to the city council outside of Skip Sirocco for the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, maybe? Um, since, uh, at least since Joanne Yepsen was the mayor. Um, and the only way I was successful in that election in 2019 was through building a bipartisan coalition of support with two Democrats who are running for office. I campaigned with Meg Kelly, who is a Democrat, and I campaigned with Michelle Madigan, who is a Democrat. And so we really, we really embodied that uh, city above party mentality. 
And um, that's really the only reason I won. And so I also put a lot of parameters in place um, in terms of the, the people managing my campaign and the county Republican chair and the county Republicans in general and the city Republicans. And I said to them, you know, there will be no mention of Trump in this campaign. There'll be no mention of national Republican issues. I told them, you know, I was pro, pro-choice. I was pro-immigrant. I was, you know, all, basically all the things that I knew were counter to the traditional Republican ideologies of the time in 2019. Well, I'll say, we can get into this later, but I don't know that Republicans are necessarily anti-immigrant. I think well, they're meaning, more pro-control. Not anti-immigrant, but... meaning I'm for... Uh, uh, I'm I, open borders, yeah. I like guess. The Dream, the Dream yeah. Act, things like, you know, yes. yeah, 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 an easier path for, for immigrants to be, to, to become part of our country. Oh, yeah. But anyway, sorry, I just had to throw No, 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 that's okay, that's okay. Um, you had your Democratic little correction for me, there's my Republican correction. Totally, totally. No, and that was a good one, because, yeah, being, anyway. I wouldn't fly a group of immigrants from Florida to Texas to Martha's Vineyard, yeah. um, as an example. But um, they were really clear on all those things, and they really allowed me to message my campaign all about the city and city over party and and not make it a Republican versus Democrat. But I also was able to put together this big coalition of bipartisan support. And that was really the only reason I won. And if the Republicans moving forward are unwilling to do that, strictly from a numbers perspective, they will continue to lose because the numbers are not there. The enrollment advantage in the city of Saratoga Springs is is at least, I don't I should get this number exactly, but it's significantly higher than the number of enrolled Republicans. Although the biggest group um, of all are people who are NOP, which is no official party. Either they think they're independent um, and maybe a part of the independence party, um, which no longer has a ballot line, or they just have no affiliation with a political party. So I, I don't see how, especially with um, Heidi West running last year, to me, that was kind of really indicative of the best campaign you could possibly run for a Republican here. She had all the endorsements. She raised well over $100,000. She had the support of, you know, um, people in Saratoga who, the establishment in Saratoga, she had support from younger Saratoga. She, again, had as much support as I think a Republican could possibly have in an election that I've seen, and she lost. And so, I really don't know how moving forward they're going to be able to pull off any victories unless they truly work with the Democrats and work on putting bipartisan candidates up for election. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with it. It pains me to say that because again, being around, you know, I'd like to see I'd like to see the party move past the Trump and 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 you know kind of re re establish itself in Saratoga, but with the changing demographics. And, you know, if you look at what happened with Anthony Chiracco running, um, it it was, you know, he was kind of that last Chiracco name. His signs were like his father's, uh, you know, he, if, if, if if he, and he got beat pretty bad and I thought he he ran a great campaign. So competitive campaign. I'm sorry. Commissioner Chiracco really um, wasn't a traditional Republican in the, in the traditional Republican sense and how he voted on the city council. You know, he, um, for example, was vehement about protecting the green belt against development, which wouldn't have been a traditionally Republican slant here in Saratoga Springs. Um, he was anti the casino expansion um, a number of years ago when Cuomo handed out the gaming license and the Racino wanted a gaming license so they could expand into table gaming. He was against that. And so there have been some really pivotal moments in, in Commissioner Sirocco's career where he didn't go with the Republican establishment and Democrats, especially moderate Democrats, paid attention and voted with him and loyally voted with him because of those reasons. But to me, 
the thing that is really tragic is that this city council doesn't vote by party. Like the issues that come before the city council aren't traditionally partisan issues. And I have not experienced ever really people saying like, we're Dems, we should stick together and vote this way. We're Republicans, we should stick together and vote this way. Since I've been in Saratoga, I know it used to be like that probably, but it hasn't been anymore. And it shouldn't be because the issues are not traditionally Republican or traditionally Democratic issues. So I think it would be great if there was more collaboration between the Republican and Democratic committee on who they're running for office. And it's more about who's best qualified to serve the city and less about just winning to have a win. Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know that we'll ever see collaborations between the R's and the D's, but we did 2019. We did. We, you know, we stood on the stage with like the Democratic chair, the Republican chair. The, I mean, we had this like incredible win. That wasn't so far ago. I mean, that was three years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, there were some other races, Robin. We want to. Oh, yeah. Some of the other races. So we had, um, for example, Carrie Warner and Dave Catalfamo. Um, on our show who are running for the 113th assembly district. So this is uh, Carrie Warner was the incumbent. She's been our assemblywoman for quite some time here in Saratoga. Um, Dave Kudhofmo, this is his second time challenging her. Um, and it was some, somewhat close, um, but Carrie took 51.22% uh, of the vote uh, to Kudhofmo's 46.89% of the vote. Um, so Carrie Warner will remain our assemblywoman and uh, Kudhofmo did lose. I'm curious to see, you know, Dave Cotolfamo's family is very involved in, in the Republican establishment in, in New York state politics. And I'm curious to see if he'll run for another office. Um, but personally, you know, I think um, I, I like Dave a lot as just personally, but I think that Carrie Warner works her butt off. And I mean, she is seven days a week, 24 seven working for the people she represents. And I've always had a really positive experience when I was in city council and needed something or when I was just a resident who needed something. She's always been responsive and, and terrific. I mean, she helped us secure money for the police department in 2021 when we needed it. She's been she's been great. So I'm I'm pleased with the outcome of that election. Um, but uh I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, so she, so she actually is the one uh, who Commissioner Golub, I'm, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I can say this, uh, he credited her for helping secure that money to get these sides. Yes. And I, I agree with you. Um, I Again, I, I thought Dave was very well-spoken. I like what he had to say when he was on our show. Um, but Carrie, is she's, she's an incumbent and a strong incumbent, a well-liked incumbent. An incumbent who's got a lot of a lot of presence. Uh, I saw her ads everywhere. I saw her on my street. You, you know, it was yeah. it was it was whoever ran her campaign. Um, they they did a great job either fundraising or using those funds for the for for you know to get the most exposure because you know I would be I'd be on my phone and and and, and Carrie Warner would be coming across you know some of Carrie Warner would be coming across my phone while a commercial's playing on the TV for Carrie Warner and I loved her one ad where and, and you know because you always think of how do you combat I remember when I was running how do you if there's ever and, and there never were but there were ever negative ads how do you combat the negative ad. And I love this ad she did where it was it was like three seconds of a negative ad about inflation or gas prices, something, you know, associated with the Democrats. And, and she, she immediately and then she comes on the TV and says, I can't stop what they say about me. But well, this is what I can tell you. And I thought that was a great way to kind of counter these negative ads of saying, listen, people, you, you know, they're going to say all these crazy things. You know, they're going to run. You know, they're going to slant. And all, everybody does this in pop. Not everybody, but both sides do it. 
they, they slant facts to fit their narrative and to fit the, you know, the image they want to portray of their opponent. And it's not always, it's not always, you know, the most accurate way to, to do it. And I thought her ads were great. I thought her campaign was great. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sad Dave Loff, happy she won. So. Well, and, and I have to say about the city of Saratoga Springs, generally speaking, the city of Saratoga Springs does not like it when people do attack ads. It's not something that they find palatable. I mean, every year, it seems that the Republicans of October go negative. Um, the Democrats have also gone negative at times, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't seem to ever be a successful strategy. It seems like they're trying to lure the other candidate into talking about something that the other candidate doesn't want to talk about, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm also looking at one, I have, I keep all the political mail mailers because I'm such a dork and I'm looking at one of them, um, right here. That was pretty typical of what, um, Katalfamo's campaign was sending out and it essentially says, Hey, Biden, Hochul and Carrie Warner, we need answers on how to make ends meet. How am I supposed to pay for my winter heat? Why can't I fill a grocery cart for $200 anymore? And don't even get me going about rising gas prices or my retirement fund. So that was one of their- I'm with you, Dave. I think we need answers to these. Well, I- so no, I know, but I, I know, I know. I'm just, I like, know what you're saying. It, it, I it, agree we need answers, but I don't think that my- But, my but that mailer's not the answer. Yeah. Is going to be able to affect those things. That That is at a much higher level. So to me, that's like, okay, Chuck Schumer, what the hell are you doing? Hey, President Biden, what the hell yeah. are you doing? Yes. But that's not Dave. That's not, that wasn't Dave's solution. Yeah. He's not offering his solution. He's, he's just identifying a problem. So. Exactly. And I will say, if you want to fill your grocery cart for less than $200, Trader Joe's, I'm pretty sure you can still do that over there. Yeah. Um, so moving on, one of the other um, races that got a lot of buzz this year was the district attorney race because- this was the first time, according to the Democrats, there was a real um, competitor to to go up against the Republican district attorney, who's Karen Hagan. So Michael Phillips uh, ran a hard race. Um, he ended up losing 43 to 57. So Karen Hagan got 57% of the vote. Michael Phillips got 43% of the vote. I think um, given it was the first time, you know, Democrat running, I think he did a decent job. I personally thought that at the end of his campaign, he got a little gimmicky with some of the stunts he was doing. I don't know, Adam, if you caught this thing he did where apparently someone found on the side of the road confidential files that belong to the district attorney's office. And so this person who found them then contacted Michael Phillips. And then the person and Michael Phillips walked up to the district attorney's office with all their cameras rolling to knock on the door and return the confidential documents to the district attorney's office and also point out how like disorganized they were and so on and so forth. And I watched it and it just seemed it really, didn't hit. It was contra it seemed so contrived and just yeah, it has like a Hunter Biden laptop feel to it, you know well, like, exactly. Oh, this is the this is the smoking gun, and I I, I remember what you, you know, during during the, my campaign. You always wanted that. You always wanted that big gotcha moment. Uh, I thought I had mine in a debate, uh, and it turned out I think it hurt me more than it more than it helped me. And I think a lot of times you, you know you're you're so amped up, and you just want that you want that kill shot. You know, part of not kill shots might not the right term, but you want that you know that hey, this is the gotcha moment. This is going to win the, the race for me, and it just comes off either cringy or contrived or or you know. Un Totally. And and people yeah. probably don't know who aren't in politics, maybe don't know this term. But to me, though, you know, if you find the files in the road that are confidential files that belong to the district attorney's office, you have a surrogate run with that. You don't have the actual candidate running against the DA run with that um, because it just isn't going to look like anything other than than politics. It's not going to look like a, a legit problem within the DA's office. 
So, um, and he also went with the, you know, the Nexium um, angle. And I'm not, I, again, I didn't think that resonated at the time. And I, I still don't think that really resonates. Um, so I can't say it was a surprise to see Karen win. Um, I think that it was going to be a really hard road for Michael. I, I told him so much as much back in, you know, the spring, but, um, a, a worthy effort. Um, any, any other comments on that, Adam? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, let's move on to the 44th Senate district where we had Jim Tedisco, who has been in office for quite some time running against Ms. Michelle Osterlich. And this was an interesting one because they redistricted uh, the 44th Senate district. And so it's Saratoga, it's um, Schenectady and some parts in between. And basically it was redistricted to be a primarily democratic district. So Jim Tedisco has been in office for years and years and years as a Republican, and he's a pretty conservative Republican. Michelle Osterlich um, is, I would describe as a somewhat moderate Democrat, although some of the people who led her campaign are not Democrats that I would connect with. But I thought because of the redistricting, you know, maybe she would have a better chance of beating Tedisco, despite his being an incumbent for so long. But she did not. She got kind of a spanking. Um, Tedisco won 56% to her 41.87, um, which was surprising to me. Were you surprised at all by that one? You, you know, I, I didn't follow that race closely. But but Robin, let me put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah. Because- the, the 44th district, what does, do you know offhand what that comprises of? What, what, what counties? Yes. Let me look. It was, so let me look it up just to be clear, because I know it's Schenectady, us, and a little, hold on, 44th. Here it is, 44th Senate District in Hawaii. It is. Okay. New York State. Just give me the freaking geography. It is geography. It is the 44th, uh, District 44 is located in the capital district counties of Albany County and Rensselaer County, including Albany and much of Troy. This, you know what, this might be, that might be the prior to redistricting. Sorry, ignore that. I'm getting that on Wikipedia and I feel like it's not updated. Yeah. But, but I mean, this, this district, it, it, either way, it sounds like it's a left-leaning district, right? Oh, it is. It's definitely a democratic district. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But 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 you know Jim Tedisco with, with you know being the incumbent, you know again he's another really visible guy. You see him around, you hear his name a lot. You know was able to was able to carry the carry the day. He was he he was able to carry the day, and I have a funny story about him. But I want to get you the God it never talks about. Well, well, I'll look it up and, and put it in the comments at the end um, in terms of. Uh... Yeah, I, I will say when, when, when I was when I was getting ready for, for today's show, it, I was going through the county uh, BOE website and the, you know, the, the city website that there are all these these municipality websites they are all a little clunky. Oh, OK. Yeah, they are all a little clunky. And I don't know if this is updated. So here it says. Since 2017, he's been the New York State Senator for the 49th District. I know he switched districts, though, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from that, um, my funny story about Jim Tedisco. Back in 2019, I was at the county fair, um, which is like a whole different world for me to go over to the county fair, um, you know, out in Boston Spa. And the Republicans and the Democrats both have like, you know, 
table set up separately and the Republicans have this table and you go and you kind of like sit and man the table and the candidates go and you bring some of your stuff, you know, some of your get some giveaway stuff. And I love merchandising. So I brought like water bottles and, and all this, like sh all this shit that I'd merchandise and people would just walk up to the table and literally like open up their bag and just like scoop it into their bag. And I'd be take, like, take the swag. Yeah, they would take all the swag and they obviously weren't even, they were clearly not Saratoga Springs voters. And so at one point I was there with Jim Tedisco and I was, and I was like, Jim, what is your secret sauce? Like, what's your magic? Cause he hadn't brought anything with him really. So the only thing he would make and give away and people loved, loved so much were nail files, nail files, Jim Tedisco nail files. And I was like, Nail file. That is genius. And like, yeah, yeah I'll take a nail file and throw in my bag because I'll probably a good use of can a good use of campaign funds. I'll tell you, I'll tell you my my uh, <laughs> my county fair story when I first took my wife. Uh, oh, my wife wait, look, Dan DeFederici is helping us out. Oh, yeah. Dan says the new district is all of Saratoga, all of Saratoga County plus Schenectady and Niskayuna. All right, all right. Thank so, you, Dave. Schenectady. Uh, so you have the county. You, you know, the city's very, very. But the county's very red. Um, uh, Niskayuna, I don't know how, I guess Niskayuna must skew a little bit Republican. Yeah, but but... The county's not, wait, wait, wait. The county is not very red. The county voted blue in the last presidential election for Biden. Uh, yeah, well, so, I, we also have Elise Stefanik as. Well, Elise Stefanik is the North Country, which is a, a part of Saratoga County. And then you go into like Warren and Washington. Washington County. County. Yeah, which are totally, totally different I, situations. Yeah. Yeah. A anyway, my wife, you know, we went to like a tractor pull or something. It was great. I love that stuff. And they were riding around with horses and American flags. And my wife, she's like, why do they have flags? Do you not know what country you're in? <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess in, in Europe or in Poland, they're not, they don't wave flags like we do over here. But that's my, that's my story. Wait, I, I Dan, have one more comment from Dan. I don't know about this. Hey, good for you guys. I'm in wet Orlando still, but we back this weekend. All right. Well, enjoy the sun for us, Dan, and go yeah. freaking swimming for me too, please, would you? All right. So who else was I following here? Um, oh, you know what I really wanted to talk about was the uh, race for the um, Supreme Court justice spots. So basically the Supreme Court justices, um, you, you can vote for three of them. And there are multiple candidates this year. And it was a really interesting race because there was a lot of cross endorsing between parties that you wouldn't necessarily suspect. For example, there were Democrats from Schenectady who were cross endorsed by the conservatives. Um, there were it, it was a whole it was a whole mishmash. And I actually wish I had the um, ballot in front of me. But one of the people who was running was Chris Obstarzik, who is the former chair of the Republican City Committee. Um, and he is currently holding on to third place with 36 votes. Um, but there are still several absentee ballot votes to be counted. And I suspect if I was a betting woman, I suspect he is going to be bumped into fourth place. And uh, Bob Mueller, Judge Mueller, um, will hold on to that third place seat. That's my prediction. What do yeah, you think? that's an incredibly close race. I mean, I think over 100,000 ballots have been you know, cast yes. and come down to like 38 votes. Uh, is is you know Chris Chris is he's a neighbor of mine. Um, our kids play together. I think he's a good guy. I think he'd be you know good on the bench. Uh, but but boy, it's this has got to be tough. I know you, you know after the election, you just you, that election night, you don't want it, you don't want the suspense to be dragged out three or four more days. I know, uh, right? Uh, but but uh, it, it's 
It is a it's and and something something our viewers should know about the Supreme Court in, in New York. You hear Supreme Court, and I think most people uh, kind of a, 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 a connect that with the highest court in the land. Right. The, the New York Supreme Court is not the highest court in New York State. Uh, there is a court that's higher than the Supreme Court. I'm blanking on the name. Dan, if you're watching, maybe you can fill that in now. But uh, so so when you talk about the New York State Supreme Court, you're not talking about the highest court in New York State, as opposed to the, you know, the federal Supreme Court. That is the highest court in the land. So I'm looking right now for the. Oh, here we go. OK. Um. So, yeah, the total votes cast. Holy cow. Um, 284,240. That is, that is wild. And you have, um, one, two, three, you have three Democrats running, three Republicans running. Wait, three people were endorsed by the Dems. Three people were endorsed by the Republicans and three people were endorsed by the conservatives, but there was a lot of cross endorsements in there. So I know, I think Allison McGahee has definitely won, um, and I'm not sure who's in second. I think maybe Richard Kupferman is in third and then fighting it out for, or, or second and fighting it out for the third spot or Abstarzik and Mueller. Um, I will say personally, uh, he does live on your block, Chris Abstarzik. And I have to say, I thought it was a little tacky on Halloween. We have the same route on we, that we trick or treat every Halloween and including your block, Adam. And on Halloween, my kids ran up to me and they're like, mom, what's this? Tommy, my six-year-old ran up to me. Mom, what's this? He was giving away little pieces of candy taped to his uh, campaign card. Uh, uh, I mean, are some things not sacred? Can we not trick or treat without having campaigning involved? I mean, come on, right? I don't anyway? know. I don't know. I, anyway. Uh, uh, you don't want to talk about it. I'll say. <laughs> I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, I well, thought I, it was. I, I, I thought my uh, I thought my neighbor who put up my opponent's campaign sign just turning the front porch lights off. I thought that was. Terrible. I know, but sticking little pieces of candy. Can you see that? Sticking little pieces of candy to your yeah. campaign here. I yeah. mean, are, are twelve year olds and under your target audience? Come on now, some things right. are stupid. Right. Candy. Um, I'm hoping that Bob Mueller pulls through on this one because I think that Abstarzik is very easily manipulated by the Republican Party, and I don't think that's a great sign to have in a judge. Um, and Mueller's got the experience, so I hope he pulls through. But we'll keep people posted on that. Yeah, well, I, I don't. Wait. So I hope Chris wins. So let's we'll see what happens. Robin, and, uh, here we go. Dan, oh God, this is why we need him. Low to high, Supreme yeah, Court, Supreme Court. Yes, thank you, Dan. His wife and kids are probably like screaming at. He's probably in a pool right now, commenting and listening. I know. Um, that's really good to know. That is very good to know. So aside from that, I just wanted to go over two other, because it's so interesting, the area we're in and how it leans Dem, um, because the 112th Assembly District, so we're in the 113th, and the 112th, Mar Mary Beth Walsh, who's been a longtime incumbent, she's a Republican, she won with 59% of the vote against McAdoo, who had 47% of the vote. Um, I don't see a Democrat winning there for, for a long time, really. Um, and then, of course, Elise Stefanik, um, won her race against Matt Castelli, although Matt Castelli, I would say, did um, has had the best showing. I, I didn't compare it to Tedrick Cobb, but I'm quite certain he did better than Tedrick Cobb. Did you look at those results? No, I I, I didn't because well because she does. I mean, she does affect Saratoga County, but not but not me. But yeah, uh, I, 
I didn't look much into that race. I mean, because I, I know what I think about her, and I know what I think about. I don't know what I think about Castelli, but I thought he had some great ads. I thought, you know, he, he, you know, he was in the the he was a federal officer, I think, in the CIA. Yeah, he was uh, well put together guy. I think he had some good things to say, but he you know, so the actually <coughs> he did. I think he probably surprised them with how well he did, even though there's still a fairly significant separation. He he got 40% of the vote, which was 111,000 uh, votes, to her 59%, which was 161% uh, of the votes. So um, a better... A better she, you got 61%? No, no, no. He got... Wait, I just wrote it down. Hold on. Hold on. He got 40% to her 59 yeah, that's a pretty solid win. But you I know, mean, in comparison to previous elections, is what I want to look up because I think that they were pretty surprised. I think by how well he did. Let's see here. Oh no, it was pretty similar. So Stefan beat uh, Tedra Cobb fifty-nine to forty-one percent. So it was about the same. Yeah. Well, I hope Matt Castelli goes on to. Um, run for other office because I think he has an incredible background and an impeccable background. And I think he would make a great representative um, wherever he runs. So, I hope he, so, so one of the, again, I didn't follow the race closely. Maybe he knows, maybe not, but he's not from the North country, correct? He is. He is from the North country. He, he is. He is. Yes. Cause I, I, and I'm just wondering what that's gotta be a tall order to go up against you, you know, and, and at least so far, one of the most pow powerful women in, 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 in Washington. Wait, as Dandy Federici would say, it's a tough district for a dem. Yes, <laughs> true story. Because you've got all the North Country, and they bleed red. I mean, that is red. They red, do, red. And, and and at least Stefanik again has she is you know just kind of touting the Trump line has rose to power, uh, you know, pretty pretty quickly in in, in Washington. What boy going into that race? I mean, it's I don't know. Do you, do you do that? Does a Democrat think they can win, or is it Democrat posturing? Or you know, I think I mean, <coughs> one hundred and eleven people voting against her isn't insignificant. You know, yeah. And so I think it depends what happens with Trump. Um, and I think uh, it depends. Yeah, I think it really depends on what happens with Trump because her her star, you know, um, shines or fades with Trump. That's you know you know we don't normally do this but let's 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 stop in the national politics just just totally okay, put cool. our toes we'll, we'll put our toes in the in the water here okay. what do you think what, what is what is your takeaway of 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 you know what happened there wasn't that red wave that everybody thought first of all every time they say red wave <coughs> I think of like communists coming to America and then I think of that stupid movie Red Dawn you know that movie where like communists. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Red Dawn actually because of uh, because of the the, the Ukraine invasion? There's yeah. actually like a, a unit named after them, the Kraken. And no way. It, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's all like yeah. When I was in Ukraine, like it's like this 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 special forces unit in Ukraine that kind of it's really quite crazy. Amazing. Yeah, sales of that video, that movie went up, and yeah, yes. For those that don't know about the plot of Red Dawn, my husband made me watch it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's basically Russians invade like Colorado, this like town in Colorado, and so this group of like teenagers like forms a resistance and like fights back and and, and win. They're triumphant. Yeah, yeah, insane. exactly. And it was in the beginning of the Ukraine invasion. It was, it was a lot of similarities. So. It's yeah, just the I, funniest freaking movie because it's like, oh, the, the Russians wouldn't invade a coast. They go right to Colorado. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And take on 80s, you know, yeah. like Kevin so, Bacon. There was no red wave. Uh, there wasn't even a really a red trickle that I can see. Um, I was, I, 
I'm actually happy that Georgia is having a runoff. I think Herschel Walker is unfit for office. Um, and as you were, I don't know if you recall, but two years ago, that's when um, Georgia really came through and won the other runoff two years ago. Um, and so I think that Democrats have a really strong ground game, especially in Georgia. And that's something that Republicans have always um, not done as well as the Democrats. They, they don't have as many feet on, feet on the ground. They aren't able to mobilize feet on the ground that well. Um, and so I'm hoping that um, Warnock will prevail in that runoff. I think that's really important. Um, I am, I would really like to see Catherine Cortez Mosto win. That's still up in the air. She's got, um, she's got a tough to hill. I mean, there's a path to it, but it's, yeah, but that's, she's got to get like 60% or 65% of the, of the absentee votes, but it's been skewing that way. So there's yeah. a path. And then, um, our friend Carrie Lake, how's she doing? Boy, she's, I say that sarcastically, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I looked yesterday. Uh, she, she's, she's losing, but not, but not by enough to make me feel comfortable. But, but I, but you, you know, what I really took away from this is that I, I just, I think this was a, um, uh, you know, neither party really got a mandate in this because the yeah. Democrats are going to lose the house. Uh, yeah. you know, the Senate's probably going to, probably going to look like it remain the same, uh, yeah. you know, 50, 50 split. Uh, yeah. So I, but, but, but I see a lot of Trump back candidates losing, you, yeah. you know, and I, Again, I've said this. I hope that this can be the party can move on to to the, you know the, something other than Trump. Maybe yeah. it's the future. Maybe it's Ron the future DeSantis. He he had a big win in there. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's just not play around here. Ron DeSantis is Trump. He's just smarter and more palatable for people. So I hate it when people are like, I hate Trump, but I love Ron DeSantis. They are literally one and the same. So let's not let's not pretend they're not. But anyway, I, I don't know that Ron DeSantis though would try to try to. You know, I, I truly believe you know the the Donald Trump. You know, he. You don't know that he would start an insurrection. I don't think he's right. I, wow, you know, now is that now a selling point for a candidate? He wouldn't start an insurrection. Woohoo! <laughs> I mean, where are we? But yeah, he would yeah. happily start a civil war, in my opinion. Um, the way he talks about different states and the way he talks about Florida versus the world. I mean, I think he would happily start a, uh, a civil war. Well, um, I, I guess I guess it's, you, you know, the next you're seeing right now, um, I think it was the New York Post had a, which is usually very pro-Trump, had a very anti-Trump cover on it. Uh, you know, it said like Trump can't build a wall. Trump had a great fall in reference to the national elections. It's going to be interesting to see the Republican Party. You, you, every time you think. You know, Trump gets a death blow, he survives it, you, you know, so. I do think that um, Rupert Murdoch, who owns uh, the New York Post and Fox News and News Corporation, I think Rupert Murdoch has um, has gotten Trump fatigue. And so that's why, you know, of late in the last couple of months, Trump has railed against Fox News. And, and you know, he's, he's kind of, he hasn't lost that media partner. And I think Rupert Murdoch is still pulls a lot of the strings and is, is pretty influential in the most like evil possible way in our elections, but um, they're not so gung ho for Trump. Yeah. But we've, we've seen that before. I remember after the, after the insurrection, uh, um, yeah, they, they cooled they, off a little, they, the, the Fox cooled off. And, and, and that's when Trump, you know, started his own media out. Like, like Newsmax was, you know, came about. OAN. Yeah, exa yeah exactly. Social, and, and, all and this fucking bonkers stuff. Right. And that's when Lindsey Graham was saying enough is enough. You, you know, and it looked like, all right, everybody was over Trump. And then, Wait, no. Was that no. before or after Lindsey Graham suggested there be a national abortion ban? 
that no Lindsay the, the <laughs> national yeah yeah that, that's another thing the Republicans are going to have to revisit because yeah. that certainly is not a winner. Yeah, and we know the Fox News hosts were anti-insurrection because they're all texting Trump to stop. We know all that now, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. they would deny that on air this, these days. But I would expect um, a Trump a presidential announcement fairly soon. That's my that's my guess because I think that he wants to dissuade other people from primarying him. I think that. A lot of the Republicans know what it's like to be on the wrong end of uh, Donald Trump, and it sucks. So I could see a, a death match between he and DeSantis for the Republican nomination. Um, I don't know if you noticed, knew this, but Trump went down last week to Florida to uh, shill for Marco Rubio, but did not include DeSantis in that. And so that was kind of people really um, saw that as another glaring example of how much Trump doesn't like DeSantis and vice versa. Um, Charlie Chris, by the way, ran against DeSantis. I don't know if you watched the debate, but Charlie Chris actually like dominated on so many points. I know him from my days at Fox. Um, I think he's a good guy. He's he's definitely a little war torn and he's been in politics for a long time. But um, it's a shame to see him go. Um, yeah, it's a shame to see him go. So nationally. Oh, Lauren Boebert. How's Lauren Boebert doing, Adam? He's, he's back in the lead. Fuck. Sorry. Excuse <laughs> yeah. my language, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she—that's that, a very close race. If people don't know, Lauren Bobert is she is part of the Freedom Caucus, part of the Freedom MAGA. You know, you know, <laughs> she's Marjorie's BFF. Yes, yes, and uh, you know, she's she's was poised to do. You know, she was thought to do it very well. It's a very tight race right now, um, and yeah. you know, she's just a little a little too far right for my for my liking. So you, thank God, thank God, Adam Israel, because basically everyone in the Freedom Caucus are total fucking. Excuse me total freaking looney tunes um that entire freedom caucus just go look at the people on it adam i think you would agree they're total looney tunes oh wait we forgot my favorite my number one favorite candidate that i've been backing since literally may john fetterman thank you jesus knocked off dr oz i was getting so nervous about that race and i actually think it had it been like a week later dr oz probably would have won but thank god fetty you won you pulled through Praise I, God. I don't think I don't think Fetterman or I don't think Oz was that was that bad. I was that extreme. Um, I, I, I mixed. Did you look at any of his stuff? What's that? Did you look at any of his stuff? He thinks that abortions should be between a woman, a doctor and, their and the local, local representative. Yeah. No, that was a miss. I, I, I know that. I guess I guess my point is it, 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 it does kind of speak to the mandate against Trump that a Trump back candidate lost. So also run where you're from. Yeah. Run where you're from. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, I, I hate that shit. You know what I mean? Looking around to see where there might be a candidate you can knock off and pretending that you're from Pennsylvania. Well, didn't Hillary Clinton run as in New York? She wasn't from New York. They have, I mean, that's a really good point. I don't think I voted for her when she, when she <laughs> ran in New York. Seriously. I wasn't a Hillary fan even when I voted for her for uh, pre in the presidential election. I've never been a Hillary fan. I've never been a huge Clinton fan. Um, although I find him charming and now very like reassuring sounding, although not, not as much as Barack Obama, my God, I listened to Barack Obama and I'm like, that is a, he is a talented, talented man. And I kind of wish he was leading our country right now, but what are you going to do anyway? How long have we been on for Adam? 40, 42 minutes. Um, Dan has a, has a jeer he wants to share. Should we put it up? Yeah. All right. Cheers with cheers and jeers. All right. Dan cheers the weather. Yes, Robin. <laughs> Yes, Robin, the weather in Florida. First hurricane to make. Oh, geez. Disney, no fun in the rain. Oh, boy. Oh, Dan. That's a bummer, buddy. Yeah. It's That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. So 
previously Dan had cheered the weather and I made fun of him because I thought weather was like a lame cheer or jeer. But in this instance, um, I totally validate that Dan. And I am sorry for you. That stinks. Um, do you want to move on to our cheers and jeers? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Hold on. Let me take down our little banner here. Let me do my little producing over here. Oh, cheers and jeers. Where are you? Cheers, cheers. There they are. Cheers and cheers. What do you got, Adam Israel? All right, I got two cheers today. One is for um, for the Ukraine army. They're taking back Kherson as we're speaking. Kherson was one of the was the only capital that, uh, and they have these oblasts there. I don't really fully understand how the geography of Ukraine, but Kherson was the biggest city that Russia took, the only capital. Uh, and Ukraine was able essentially this summer to cut off all supplies into the city. And, you know, as it looks right now, Russia is pulling out its troops. So it's, it's you know, the, the, the bad part is these troops will, will go somewhere, probably go to the Donbass to, uh, uh, to, you know, to continue the assault on other cities out east. But the good news is, you know, the army's taking this, this with relatively few shots fired. They're going to go into the city. The city's not going to be leveled. You know, this is, hasn't happened yet, but this is what appears to happen. Uh, and and so congratulations to the Ukraine army for, for, for keep on pushing Russia out of their territory. Yeah, Adam, how does this end? How does this all end, do you think? Boy, that, that's a great question because there, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk now of uh, um, secretly United States kind of pushing uh, Ukraine to Ukraine to uh, open up to peace negotiations. And Ukraine essentially will not trade land for peace. Yeah. They've been, they've been explicit about this. They will keep fighting. If they, and you know their fear is 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 that this, if, if they give land now, then what's going to stop Putin from doing this? Totally again? Right. Um, and so so they keep on fighting, but but the, just they keep winning too. And and that's something that that's really kind of interesting. Is that they're they're getting back their land. Uh, they're, they're getting back this land that Russia took, and it's just it's 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 unfortunate. It's bloody, a lot of lives, a lot of destruction, uh, all for you know one madman. But but it's it's a David versus Goliath story, and, and the Ukraine army is really you, you know you know the, the the greatest quote I heard maybe I heard that said this is that that if 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 Russia stops fighting, the war is over. If Ukraine stops fighting, then Ukraine's over. You know, and I think that that's really powerful in meeting, and I think that's how they're fighting. So uh, I don't know how it ends, but but inch by inch, they're taking their territory back. I personally, like, totally agree with their position on not giving up land. And people who say that, oh, we just need to provide Putin, like, a nice exit ramp, bullshit. He doesn't want to take a nice exit ramp. And I don't think they should compromise at all with the land. It's like negotiating with a terrorist. You, if you negotiate with a terrorist once, he's going to be back. Yeah. And negotiating again. So I personally am in, in really in favor of their position. And I don't think they should give away any land. And I don't think this exit ramp, I think that's all bullshit. So I'm um, I'm with the Ukrainians once again. Yeah. <laughs> Did you I have another cheer? Today. I'll, just, I'll, I'll go ahead. Oh, um, okay. I wasn't fully ready. But my first cheer is to Matthew Taylor. Matthew Taylor um, is living in Rochester right now. He is near and dear to my heart. He's been involved in Saratoga Springs politics for a long time. He helped me on my campaign tremendously. And he is working on a state senator campaign, a state senator in Rochester's campaign who is up for re-election. And she won. And so I just want to congratulate Matthew Taylor on his win. Way to go, Matt. Way to go, Matthew. You rock. And it was so funny because it was, I think, this weekend. I got a picture from my friend Kristen Dart, um, who's from Saratoga, 
who had gone up to Rochester to help with GOTV, which is get out the vote. And she ran right into Matthew Taylor. And so she sent me a picture. She's like, guess who I ran into in Rochester? And I love those moments when um, kind of worlds collide, you know, Saratoga politics and Rochester politics and friends mm -hmm. collide. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and my other cheer, because I'm not going to do a cheer, is to Deirdre Ladd because Deirdre Ladd um, is a dear friend, but also has been involved in politics here for a long time. Her family's been involved in politics and she was Jason Golub's campaign manager. And she did such a tremendous job dealing with so many different factions. Like when you're a campaign manager, you're dealing with the committee, you're dealing with other electeds, you're dealing with the public, you're dealing with a candidate. You have all these people chirp, chirp, chirping in your ear 24 seven. And it's really, really stressful. And she handled it so well. So my cheer is to Deirdre. Deirdre, you rock. Adam, I know you would agree. Deirdre Ladd rocks. Yeah, yes, yeah. You're just a neighbor of my mother's, just a, just a great lady. Um, she's a wonderful human. Yeah, she is a wonderful human. She's she she's very she believes in in in, in the cause, and she's you know and she works at it. Uh, and so yeah, congratulations, Deirdre. I actually didn't know that she was Jason. You know, I learned from politics that a lot of times who the campaign manager is might be a secret. I knew Deidre was working on this campaign. I did not know she was a campaign manager. So congratulations. It's gotta be a great feeling when you get your campaign, when you get your candidate across the, across the finish line in front. So congratulations, Deidre. Absolutely. Um, all right. I think that wraps things up. Hopefully we will be back Wednesday at noon at our normal time with Dan. We'll have a little reunion. All right. It'll be a city council meeting. So we'll keep you posted. Oh, yeah. Ooh, excited. All yeah, right. Thank you everybody. <laughs>